This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... This episode of Crucial Tech is sponsored by the International Cyber Expo being held in London, the United Kingdom, from September 27th to the 28th. This is one of the more important educational events in cybersecurity with more than 100 exhibitors, 5,000 buyers, and Europe's most influential experts. Go to www.internationalcyberexpo.com for more information. For this week's episode, uh, I thought I'd do something a little bit different, but along the lines of things we've done in the past. Um, I got a pitch from a uh, startup company uh, that had been uh, exhibiting at Black Hat and demonstrated an an app they had made in uh, one of their company's hackathons. And uh, I, I thought this would be appropriate for this particular week because this week, this Friday, is Women's Equality Day. And Cyber Protection Magazine and myself have made, uh, haven't hidden our affinity for supporting women in engineering and women's rights overall because it's an important thing. It affects all of us. I mean, everybody's got women in their lives, women that they care about and that we should care about these things. So when they popped up with this app, I thought, this is really interesting. And this is what it is. It's a period tracker. Uh, the idea is, is that you know, it, it, it actually pains me that this sort of thing has to be used because it's essentially automating what was known as the rhythm method, which was the Catholic Church's uh, preferred version of birth control. You track your period because there's only a few days in a woman's cycle where she can get pregnant. And as long as you can keep track of that cycle, you should be able to know, well, I shouldn't have sex unprotected at this time because this is the best chance I have at getting pregnant. Well, with the Supreme Court ruling against Roe v. Wade and the movement of certain governments in our country, and not just in our country, it's happening in other countries too. It's happening in Singapore. Um, For governments to actually find out if a woman has decided to abort a pregnancy, or even just look for information about aborting a pregnancy, that they can send out an emergency request for data on a particular person from someone like Amazon or Google. And if they're not thinking about it, and we've mentioned this in the past, they will just give up this information. And using that information, they can prosecute women for getting an abortion or just even thinking about getting an abortion or anyone who wants to help a woman to get an abortion. So this sounds like a good idea. However, I did a little bit more checking and I found that it's not a new idea. There are actually like around 20 different applications that help you do this. And it's more than just for deciding on an abortion. It's it's actually a healthcare issue 
where you need to know the stuff and be able to tell your doctors in case there's a problem. And you know, I, I know many women that don't have regular periods. In fact, most women don't have regular periods. Uh, and that made me want to find out about this even more. Uh, so the company's name is Virtru, V-I-R-T-R-U. And I'm going to be writing a little bit more about the technology that's behind this. But um, I talked with uh, Cassandra Bailey, who is the Senior Technology Product Manager and the team leader of the, the hackathon that developed this, and Rob McDonald, the Senior Vice President of Product Strategy for Virtual. And we had a conversation about it, and uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, bottom line is, is that it not only uh, helps you do this, but it keeps you in complete control of your data. So let's go to the interview. Rob, uh, Cassandra, we uh, started uh, this uh, interplay uh, about a an app you guys have developed out of that you introduced at uh, Black Cat. You want to give me some background on that? Yeah, Cassandra, why don't you take that? Yeah, absolutely. And so this uh, this demo app is called Secure Cycle. It actually was born out of um, a hackathon project that, um, you know, we have an internal hackathon we do twice a year. Um, and this was the first one that I had participated in at Virtru. Um, and the way that works is people kind of pitch ideas and then um, based on those ideas, certain um, hacks end up being developed over the course of two to three days. And that was kind of the uh, inception of Secure Cycle. Um, somebody internally had this idea um, to create a um, not only end-to-end -end encrypted uh, period and um, like health tracking app, but also um, one in which you can um, securely and safely share your information with um, doctors, um, with um, trusted parties that you you verify that that you want to share things with. You can revoke that sharing. Um, and all of it is is client side encrypted, so so it verifies that you're the user you say you are. Well, let, let's 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 be specific. What does the app do? So it's a it's a period <laughs> tracking app. It's yeah, um, good because uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm trying to get here. So period tracking app. Yeah, so you can log in. You see your data that you've already entered. Um, you can log uh, data for that day. You say um, whether or not you're having your period, what symptoms you're having, um, and you can log uh, that information each day. And it will do um, a little bit of uh, predictive analytics on the client side to tell you uh, how many days it, it you know anticipating till, till until your next cycle um, if. Uh, you've had like certain symptoms uh, during certain times, then it'll try to predict, you know, your your four days before your cycle, and you experienced cramps in the past. You're you're probably going to start experiencing them at this time. Um, a lot of uh, women and people who menstruate use these apps to either, um, you know, try to prevent pregnancy, try to get pregnant, just also to just track their personal health data on their cycles. Um, but a lot of the apps that are out there right now, um, either, uh, you know, either they have the key to your data. So, so like if they were subpoenaed, for example, by the government, they would be able to hand that key over and they would be able to de decrypt your data immediately. And you wouldn't even know, you know, hypothetically, the police could show up at your door and say, um, you know, you're under arrest for violating this law. We blind subpoenaed Amazon for your right. data. 
Um, something like that is what we're trying to protect for using um, TDF, the fundamental technology behind SecureCycle, um, because your policy is actually attached to your data. So wherever that TDF goes that contains your health data, the policy is cryptographically bound to the, the data itself. And so you can you can share that data, you can revoke access to that data, and all of that is tracked um, kind of within the, the actual data format itself. So it doesn't matter if it's publicly available data, it doesn't matter if you're emailing it to somebody, if you're showing it to somebody, sending it to someone, um, as long as you preserve that data format, then the policy goes with the data everywhere. And so you have um, true sovereignty over that data. You know, it's not just, um, a typical where you're, you're answering an important question, but just for the readers who have no idea what we're talking about, what's a TDF? So, um, Rob, definitely feel free to jump into on this. No, but, you're doing great. Go for it. Uh, so TDF stands for trusted data format. Um, it's actually a, uh, data format that's been, um, used and, and, and uh, it's, it's established as a standard um, by the NIST and, and, and has been used in government for um, you know, a decade or so, but um, we've brought a reference implementation of that data format uh, open source recently, just uh, two months ago. Um, so you can actually go to open TDF on GitHub and see how it's implemented and, and how the architecture works. Um, but the, the fundamental idea behind it is that you are validating the, the, the policy and who has access to that data um, baked in as a part of that data format. So wherever that TDF file goes, it's going to go through a process. Anytime somebody tries to access that TDF, it will go through the process of validating that that person or that entity um, is entitled to access that data. Um, and the only way that you can, you can decrypt that data um, is if you're entitled to see it. And all of that is baked into the, the format itself. So it's not relying on a perimeter. It's not relying on a safe network. Um, you know, that's why we talk about zero trust is um, if you, you get to the very end of the line um, in terms of, of information transfer, it's that actual piece of data itself. So if you can protect that data at its core, wherever it goes, then you enable organizations and you enable users to have zero trust. They know that that data is being accessed. They know who's accessing it. They know um, they can they can share and revoke at their own, um, you know, uh, at their own will because they own that TDF and the policy is attached to it. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the main point that I wanted to get out right away. Uh, because I prior to this, I did some research and found out there are actually around 20 apps uh, to do the same thing. And the Mozilla Foundation has said that 17 of them are not trustworthy, uh, that they, they release information. And yeah, that scared the hell out of me when I heard that, uh, because a lot of people, you know, they don't know these things exist in the first place. And so they may not actually know that. Uh, but what you just described shows a very secure product, which uh, congratulations, that's very good. Uh, my question is, however, is that I've got a wife and a daughter who do not have, or, or, well, my wife has got the hysterectomy now, so that doesn't matter. But my, and, uh, my daughter does not have regular periods, never has. Sometimes she can go three months without a period. Uh, and I was looking over the data and it turns out 
that only 16.32% of women have a regular 28-day uh, period. Uh, uh, another 12.49 have 29, 9.5 have 27, but the rest of them, it could be anywhere between 25 and 40 days. Does your app take that into account? Yeah, you know, in our in our demo app that we um, presented at, at DEF CON, we had a, a little bit of analytics baked in. Um, we'd like to expand those analytics a little bit more, but the analytics are not based on um, conventional wisdom in the field. They're based on your data. It's not based on, um, you know, okay, you logged that you started your period on this day. 28 days later, we're going to predict that you're going to start it again. Because to your point, um, that is very much an, an average. You know, I, I have never really known somebody who is almost like every, every single 28 days is, is that's when they're starting. Like It's very rare, actually, yeah. to your oh, point. Yeah, 16.32. <laughs> yeah, I think, Lou, one one uh, important point here is that we uh, uh, opened this and offered this as a reference implementation to the market to show how application vendors can focus on utility and value without monetizing and harvesting your data. So a lot of these other institutions, they're effectively building similar um, smart uh, machine learning models and algorithms to take that data and to give you some insight. However, they're doing so, um, and in addition to that, taking that data, selling it elsewhere, and monetizing yeah. it away. So there's a, there's a general belief in the market that that's needed. The Valley has perpetuated this forever now, and it's really toxic. And that is that I need your data, uh, and I need to be able uh, to do what I want with it to provide value. And that's just not true, right? If, we, if as software creators, we can't uh, render value to you based on the service that we're offering, really we should question that business model as a whole, right? So what we showed with this reference implementation built on top of our platform is that you, the data owner, can be in control of your data. You can give informed consent because we clearly articulate what we're gonna do with that data. That informed consent gets baked into the TDF via our policy so that when a violation happens, you can affirm that I can trust you or that you violated my trust and I can take back that control, right? That's key because in the healthcare market as a whole, the software market as a whole, right? Consent, informed consent is completely separated from your ability to do anything about it, Yeah. right? We have to give up control to a proxy, whether that be a legal proxy or whatever, to go help us. But in oftentimes, regulations or those legal proxies fall short. So I think there is a combination of those legal authorities, those legal proxies, and your ability to take control yourself. Those two together are where I think the, the future of regulatory pressure needs to go. Uh, because today we're still m too much into that camp of I'm going to give my data to this provider, get a service, and I just hope. Hope is the operative word. I'm going to hope they're going to do the right thing. And they've proven time and time again that they can't and they won't. So I think from a consumer's perspective, this reference implementation shows that, hey, that's not true. The tech is here today for a software provider to give value to me without having to harvest, monetize, and abuse my data. We're in that world now. We're already there. Uh, we just need to uh, hold software makers to a higher standard, I think. Well, I'll give you an amen on that. Uh, is this product available now? Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's a part of our open, I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. It's a part of, a, part of our open source repository. You can um, go to OpenTDF GitHub. Um, and, and see the source code there. 
Um, you, wanna, you wanna give that to me? Open what? It's um you can go to opentdf.io. That will take you to GitHub. Um, there's a link there. Okay. That will take you to our uh, open source repository. All the source code is there, and there's um, an examples. Uh, I can send you the link to that as well. But okay, I'll make sure I put that order. link in into the show notes. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, and this is available for free, right? Yes. Yeah. Any anyone can download and spin up the entire stack to show what's possible. And I would love in the future for someone that is privacy focused that wants to create similar offerings to the market to take it and go build an offering with this and show what we said earlier is actually true and provable. Okay. Excellent. Uh, so um, that that's my questions about that. Let's find out what Virtue actually does. Yeah, I'd be happy to give a quick overview. I've been here since almost the beginning, and I came here, Lou, because I come from the buyer side, and I came here because uh, on the cyber side, you know, we get pitched uh, a lot of things in cyber uh, around, we're going to help you solve this. You don't need anything else but us. But the truth is, breaches continue to go up and to the right every single year. Yep. So it was refreshing in the beginning to see a company understand that we have complexities in the cyberspace. There is no one solution to solve everything and a sensitivity around ease of use. That is an, a really powerful trifecta, right, in my opinion. Yeah. So we started out in the beginning with a fundamental question. Key management's complex. I saw a quote recently that says, cryptography is a machine to turn any problem into a key management problem. I love that quote. So in the beginning, you know, when you're going to these key signing parties in the world of uh, um, uh, pub priv, world and it's great for a niche audience but the usability was not there so from an at scale impact perspective it was low so i said can we we said can we solve that and then we asked ourselves in the beginning is there a pervasive medium that we can test this out in email email is still the most predominant communication medium right so yep. you have these uh previous solutions like smom so we entered the market trying to build a platform that allows for a split knowledge zero knowledge key management and key architecture an externalized policy framework so that you can define the conditions, who and under what conditions can you access this data, and integrations that uh, allowed for ease of use so that those that are not sent security uh, security experts can embrace this technology and secure those communications end to end. That was very successful from us in the beginning, but we brought forward those platform capabilities, continued to bring forward those platform capabilities into file collaboration, file exchange, uh, secure communication automation, now the open version and continue to evolve that TDF spec so that we're protecting things like data off IoT sensors, multi-party secure analytics, and human-to-human -human workflows like uh, secure collaboration, file collaboration, email collaboration. So that's a really uh, abbreviated history, but it kind of gives you a flavor of our philosophy and ethos and how it's expressed in the market. And But what is it you do? We protect data end-to-end, -end, ensuring the data owner stays in control and aware of what's happening to their data, no matter where it travels. That's and, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's not just not in email. That's in all kinds of data transfer, right? That's right. Yeah, email just happens to be a really popular uh, instance of our platform. We also have secure file transfer, managed file transfer, data and exchange, and then, of course, the platform that's being operated for, like, IoT data, machine-to-machine, -machine, things like this. That's correct. Yeah. Do you do you work mostly with um, uh, corporations, or is or is your technology available for common schmoes like me? Uh, no, this is kind of. I mean, really, if you go back to the one of the reasons why I was like, yes, I rose my I raised my hand. I said, I got to be a part of this team. 
in the beginning was that we were really committed. We've got individual journalists using this. We've got a small dentist office, and we've got large quarter million dollar enterprises using this globally. We really do run the gamut because we that core philosophy around the data owner being in control is still core to how we decision in this company. So expect that to stay the same into the future. Excellent. Uh, well, that's enough for me. Um, good job. Uh, actually, I've got a couple of other articles that are coming up that uh, uh, I might be able to weave this into. So uh, thank you for that, uh, Cassandra. Katie, thank you for setting it up. And um, I'll, be, I'll be looking forward to seeing. Oh, uh, have you considered contacting Mozilla, uh, their, their foundation, because uh, they've got their uh, privacy not included report? And they're going to be coming out with their Christmas list pretty soon. I That's did a great yeah. bit of feedback. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you ever talked to them before? They're really delightful people. Yeah, they yeah, really they, are. Yeah, we we uh, I did a podcast with them uh, last year, uh, just Excellent. before Christmas, and I think I'm going to redo it because it was a lot of fun. A lot of stuff Excellent. out there is really awful. <laughs> so. Yeah, it really is. No, I think I love I love these topics, and I think that's good audience to keep. And we certainly, and in fact, one of Cassandra's continuing project is thinking about um, outreach to organizations that are on the right side of this privacy landscape, and that is definitely one of them. Oh, one more question: Who came up with yeah. this idea? Our co-founder, Will Ackerley, while in agency. I will let me give you the story. This will take thirty seconds, and it's sure. a fundamental problem we see everywhere, which is. I have to get this data from point A to point B to complete a mission. Uh, administrative and bureaucratic uh, encumbrances are keeping me from doing that. <laughs> the process to make this happen, right? Yeah. He, uh, as well as his team, invented this spec to move those controls to the data so that it can flow freely. Data has to flow freely to be useful. And that's where it was born. And it's been evolved ever since. Lou, were you talking about TDF or were you talking about Secure Cycle? Secure Cycle. Oh, I apologize. That was TDF. <laughs> Cassandra's team is the one that invented that. So you, Cassandra, okay. you want to give a shout out to your team? Yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, part of the internal hackathon that we had. And the really cool thing about uh, working at Virtue is that we have that TDF, that underlying platform. So there's obviously all sorts of use cases um, that people can think of. And so it was actually, I think, uh, the head of our UX, uh, Taryn Lambert, that came up with um, the idea for a period tracking app, um, you know, with all of the, the press lately about like that data being leaked, she pitched that idea and it was, you know, a dozen to 15 um, other women at the company that said, yes, we want to build this. We want to, we want to do this for, for our hackathon project. And then over the course of a, of a couple of days, we built out the, the proof of concept. And um, it was something that was very, uh, you know, very in, in involved in terms of, um, uh, relevancy and like passion inside inside of the company, and it's really cool that Bertrue offers the opportunity for people to to pitch these ideas and have a few days, you know, twice a year to to really build them out. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I was kind of wondering because would a man come up with this idea? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and that was the cool thing about it, too, is that, you know, we had so many um, designers and we had a great cross section of um, Virtue uh, working on this project. And it's like, you know, we don't we don't even want to make it limited to women. Right. Like anybody who menstruates, anybody who wants to track their hormonal cycle could use this app. And, you know, we don't want it to be hot pink and all of these 
things. We want, you know, to, to brand it in a way that is accessible to, to everybody. Um, and so it was, a, it was very much a passion project in, inside of Virtue. And um, it's been really cool to see, uh, to see it grow and become a really good example of, of how to use TDF. To Cassandra and Rob for giving us that information. And by the way, the name of the app is Secure Cycle. And if you go to the show notes, I've got a link in there to uh, where you can actually download that app. It's free. Uh, and remember, it is uh, a, a demonstration. So it, it, you probably need to keep an eye on that uh, uh, for updates and that sort of thing. But that's it for this week. And Crucial Tech. If you have any questions or concerns, you can contact me at anchor.fm slash crucial tech, and uh, you can leave a one-minute question or concern there. Or you can contact me at cyberprotection-magazine.com and uh, leave your comment there. Uh, this has been Crucial Tech, a Footwasher Media production. <laughs>